Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to uh, the Sunday of Change. So let's, uh, let's kick things off with a subject that we are all, uh, I'm sure, really into. And that subject is terms and conditions. Uh, okay, well, let's be honest. Basically, nobody is really into uh, terms or conditions, though you have seen them, sort of, uh, even if you maybe not even realized it. You know, it's that annoying little pop-up that shows up when you download a new app, and it, uh, it asks you to agree to its certain terms and conditions so that you can actually use the app. So how many of you actually have read terms and conditions? Yeah, I, I really didn't think so. I don't know of anybody. I don't know of anybody who's ever read the terms and conditions. I mean, I mean, honestly, what do we do? We we tap on the yes button, and we just move on, and get into our new app or whatever uh, that we are jumping into. Um, but why do we do that? Why do we do that? I think probably because nobody wants to spend or waste an hour of their life reading a bunch of jargon that they will literally never understand. Um, For instance, Instagram's terms and conditions are 5,000 words. Just to give you a perspective, 5,000 words is 20 pages double-spaced, typed 12 font times New Roman. Anybody want to read 20 pages? of stuff that makes absolutely no sense to you. But thankfully, there was an individual, a lawyer, who decided to do that for us. And he read the terms and conditions of Instagram and decided to break that down into plain English for those of us who are undereducated. You like that, undereducated? So this is what he said. These are some of the few highlights uh, from his reading and translating Instagram's terms of service. First of all, other people might pay to use your pictures, but we're actually never going to pay you. <laughs> I mean, obviously. We may randomly delete your posts. Now, how is that not so true today when we think about people's posts who are being deleted regularly just because their ideology is different than Facebook or Twitter or whoever. Uh, But I digress. Uh, Another one is, we can force you to give up your personal information or your username for any reason. Uh, We don't, somebody else wants it and they're more important to us to you, so you got to come with another name. Awesome. And how much time do we spend trying to come up with the username that actually is available? And finally, we may share your personal information with other companies. One of our favorites, right? Because then we start getting what? Ads, we get these uh, emails and, you know, whatever, just flooding our stuff that we have no idea where it came from. It came from Instagram, apparently. Um, So to sum it up, Instagram has 
played us to make as much money off of our ignorance as they possibly can, as well as any other uh, social media app that we use. I mean, some of us have decided to stop using some of those. Oh, and one more thing. Uh, as you usually read at the very end, since nobody reads it, we don't realize it's there, but terms, these terms and conditions are subject to what? Change. So, in other words, here's all the rules that we are laying out. But just in case you were wondering, tomorrow they may be completely different. And it just, it's just wrong, isn't it? It's just, it's just wrong. Instagram makes their own rules, and then whenever they want to, they get to break their own rules <clears throat> and make things completely different. I mean, how is it that they're able to have it both ways? It just doesn't seem right. But the point is, the point is, is that it's not just the terms and conditions and apps that are subject to change. Life is subject to change. I mean, don't we all really have our own terms and conditions or expectations for life, for our life? And then suddenly life just completely shifts and changes on us. And then it breaks our own unwritten rules and does the unexpected. For instance, uh, you teenagers, you hit puberty and your BO levels are going through the roof. And all teenagers, parents of teenagers are saying, shower. Wait, take another shower. Actually, keep taking showers so that we don't smell you every day, all day. Maybe you wake up in the morning, students, with a big pimple on your nose, and today's prom. Or maybe it's picture day. Maybe your best friends across the street moved out of town. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe a friend or a family member died. Or maybe you meet the person you know you're going to marry. True story friend of mine from college, after we'd graduated, he walks into a belk. He sees this woman working at that center section where they sell the makeup and the jewelry and the perfume and stuff. He sees her. He literally says in his mind, I am going to marry that woman. He walks up to her, asks her out on a date, and they have been married for over 15 years to this day. It does actually happen in life, not just in the movies in case you were ever wondering. Or you have a surprise baby, <laughs> Shane and Ashley. <laughs> or your pastor was called to serve another church. Change can be awesome, or it can knock you down. Either way, I think we struggle with this for a few reasons. First of all, it forces us into the unknown. 
Nobody likes to be in a situation of the unknown. See, changes don't arrive with a certain set of terms and conditions or guarantees. And for us, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing what is taking place or how we're going to get through this, uh, can be very stressful. Second, we lose perspective. You know, change can be very emotional, as most of us are very familiar with right now. And a lot of times, those emotions can end up controlling us, can end up wearing us down, could end up maybe even hurting us. Maybe the change is so big and so sudden that it causes you to shut down. Maybe end up in a pit of depression or just uncontrollable anxiety. So it forces us into the unknown. We lose perspective. And three, it causes us to realize we're not in control. And I think this one is probably the one that we hate the most. Because we want to be in control. And if we're honest, most of us spend most of our time and energy trying to control the circumstances in our lives. The outcomes that we want to see. Whether it's your grades in school, or maybe you want to climb the ladder of success. Maybe how many children you want to have, or for a lot of us, trying to turn our children into these great athletes. We want them to be the next Tom Brady or Albert Pujols. The truth is, we never really have control of our lives. And the sad part is, we don't tend to realize that until we're right in the middle of change. So no matter how hard we try, we're not going to be able to fit everything in life in, in this perfect, nice box. Because it doesn't exist. So maybe instead of asking, how do we avoid change? Because change is coming whether we want to or not. Instead of asking, how do we avoid change? We need to ask ourselves, how can we make it through change? Fortunately, no matter what life throws at us, if we can understand what God's Word says about this particular subject, it'll help us navigate these changes in life that actually help us honor the Lord and help us trust Him in these difficult times. First of all, God does have a set of terms and conditions. Let's just be honest. He gave us a, a, a set of terms and conditions. But those were not subject to change. And we know this because he called out this group of people called the Israelites. And he specifically set them apart and told them they needed to be holy and different than everybody else in the world. In order to do that, he gave them what we call the Ten Commandments, which we can read in Exodus, Exodus chapter 20. 
And then in verse 20 of Exodus 20, this is what Moses says. He says, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. In other words, he's saying, if we have the proper fear of the Lord, then it should deter sin from our lives. But here's the problem. And in Romans chapter 3, verses 19 and 20, we read this particular problem. It says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. So God gave us this, this law not for salvation. That wasn't the point of giving us the law. The point of the law was to help us understand that we were sinners, that we needed salvation. That it doesn't matter how hard you try to keep the law, you're going to fall short. You're going to miss the mark. You're going to sin. So in other words, the law can only make sin know, but it cannot in any form or way save. And we understand that even more when we read Romans 3.23, which says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So basically... Since we failed to keep his terms and conditions, God did what only God could do. And he sent his son to satisfy those terms and conditions. And we know he did that by keeping them perfectly because we read in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. I'm going to be bouncing around a lot. Sorry, uh, bouncing around, but I do have the scriptures on the screens if you just uh, bear with me. Uh, Matthew 5, 17, this is Jesus. He's preaching in the Sermon on the Mount. This is chapters 5 of Matthew and 6 and 7. Um, considered to be the greatest sermon ever preached uh, by any theologian you ask. So Jesus says this in verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So basically, Jesus was able to keep the law perfectly. And because of that, he was able to become the perfect sacrifice to pay the price that we were incapable of paying. And on top of that, he defeated death and brought and gave us eternal life. So now you have these Jews. You have these Jews whose lives have been turned upside down. Because they spent the last thousand years focusing on trying to keep the law. And then Jesus shows up, and he says it's not about keeping the law. It's about a relationship. A relationship with me. Except one thing, Jesus went back to heaven. So now you have these Jews who have heard him, who have put their faith in him, and his presence is taken back into heaven, 
And so they're asking these questions. Okay, so God set and has these terms and conditions and wondering, are they subject to change? I mean, we're a little confused. And so God gives them the book of Hebrews. Now, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. There's a lot of conjecture on who did and a lot of argument. But the point is, we have the book of Hebrews, and it is Scripture. And it was a very powerful book that the Jews needed to read because it was written specifically for Jewish Christians. And because these Jews have chosen to follow Jesus Christ, they were now subject to some significant changes in their lives, such as losing their homes, losing their jobs, being put in prison, some being beaten for their faith, some being tortured and killed because of their faith. So the writer of Hebrews writes this in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. It says, Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And then he writes, back in chapter 12 of Hebrews, verse 3, he says, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may know, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In other words, he's saying to these Jewish Christians, even though there's this threat of potential changes that are going to be hard in your life, whether it's losing your home, whether it's experiencing hostility uh, for your faith, he reminds them of, of Jesus' promise that he was always going to be with them and he's never going to fail them no matter what changes come. And we know that to be true because Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, verse 20, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Those are the last words that he, was spoke, that he spoke that was in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. So don't get caught up in the things of the world. Because ultimately that doesn't matter. What matters is, is those things are going to come and go. Life's going to change. But there's a God who said, I'm going to be with you and I am never going to fail you. And to kind of nail that final point in, he writes... Hebrew, the writer in Hebrews writes in chapter 13, verses 8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. In other words, even though Jesus changed the game, Jesus himself had not changed. He was the same God they had been following since they first encountered him. And this is truly a big deal for the Jews. I mean, they've got a history with God. They've got a long history with God. That's, the Old Testament shows us that. 
They've experienced these ups and downs for a thousand years. They knew about God's faithfulness in their past. They, they knew that the same God their ancestors had trusted is the same God that they could trust now. And this brings us to the, the bottom line of, of this message. It's very simple. Life changes. God does not. Life changes. God does not. Just think about how freeing that is. How freeing that is for us. While everything around you is subject to change, which usually makes us feel out of control, doesn't it? Despite things changing, despite the fact that we feel like we're out of control, we can walk with the one who is in control. He was faithful a thousand years ago, 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago. He is just as faithful today. Now, the best way to help you remember this truth is to keep it right in front of you. And this is what I mean. How many of you have ever watched ballet or ice skating? And you've seen where they get to this, where they spin really fast. All right. In order to do this, they literally fix their eyes on one specific spot as they spin. In order to keep from getting dizzy, when they find this single spot, they keep their eyes on it and they focus on it so they can spin as fast as they want to spin, as often as they want to spin. Now, I considered maybe demonstrating this <laughs> for you at this point, but then I had this image in my mind of me falling into the drum kit or maybe into the front row seats. And I thought it might be better if I don't actually embarrass my wife and kids in front of everybody. Um, though it might have made a very good demonstration on what happens when you cannot focus on the right spot. But I, I thought better of it. So I always let the image of the ballet dancers and ice skaters be enough for you. But if they were to take their eyes off that spot, then they would get dizzy and disoriented. And oftentimes to us, we watch that, it looks like they're out of control. But that focus keeps them balanced and in the right direction. The same is true for us. Listen, life moves fast and things can change quickly. It can feel like it's spinning out of control. Which makes it incredibly easy for us to feel out of control. And then when that happens, what do we tend to do? We tend to shift our focus to those problems, right? How many times have you said, or how many times have you heard someone say, I know I've said it. These things happen, you're like, why does it always happen to me? Why am I the one that's having to deal with all this stuff over and over and over again? And I'm looking at everybody else, and everybody else looks like they're doing great. But I just feel like I'm getting hammered and hammered and hammered. 
And then we tend to forget how God has shown himself in the past. And as a result, like I said earlier, we lose perspective. Which means that's why it's so important for us to set our focus on Jesus Christ. On the one who is stable. And the one who is in control. And the one who keeps us balanced. So the question is, how do we do that? How do we do that? It's not terribly complicated. Though for some of us, this might be not the easiest thing. Some of us don't like to uh, write or make lists. But what you can do is just take some time. Just sit down. Think through your past of all the times that God stayed the same when life didn't. Those difficult times that you just felt like you had no idea how you are going to get through this. But God showed up. Maybe it was an unpaid bill. Maybe God brought peace in the midst of anxiety. Maybe he brought healing into your marriage. Maybe it was a prodigal child that came back to Jesus. Maybe it was a family member who finally put their faith in Jesus Christ. And there's so many, because each of us have our own experiences and the different things that we've had change we've had to experience. So think back to those times where you had no idea how to get through and God showed up. And maybe make a list of these and, and keep them in places where you can see it. So that it will help you stay focused on the fact that God is faithful. Especially when things feel like they're spinning out of control. The truth is, change is going to happen. The same God who the same God who has been faithful for the past eleven years as Chad and Marla serve this church. He's the same God who's faithful right now. And he's going to be faithful through this time of transition. He's the same God who's going to faithfully provide us a new pastor and a family. He's the same God who's going to be faithful and, and work through that new pastor's family for however long God has them to serve us.
at Dome Bible Church. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, we can always, listen to me, we can always trust the one who never changes. He's the same loving God he's always been. The point is, life changes. God does not. Let's pray. Lord, it's always hard to deal with change in our lives. Change that can be very difficult. Maybe situations we didn't see coming. And God, we're always going to have change in our life. God, we pray that despite the truth that life is going to change, we can always trust in the truth that you will always be the same. That your faithfulness will continue to exist. That you will always keep your promises. And that we can always trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.